gonna be a good day. Monday we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day. Welcome back to Ukraine Sitrep. We have our friend Thierry Laurent who is are you in Paris right now or in France? Uh, no, I am in the south of France actually. Okay. So uh, he is an expert on Ukraine, has a lot of connections there. We've talked to him once before and we want to get an update on the situation. So Theory, I'm hearing that uh, you know the Russians are are increasing their counteroffensive um, and and pushing into uh, you know further pushing the lines forward. What, what are you hearing? Uh, because I think the the Biden White House and the and the Western press wants you to look over here in the Middle East and not at Ukraine. So what's happening? Well, first of all, I would like to introduce my new book on Ukraine. Uh, it is uh, summarizing eight years of experience. So basically, uh, I am coming out with the English version very soon, and uh, I will be distributing it, uh, distributing it in the US too. Fantastic. So uh, basically, before, in fact, to uh, focus on the military operation it would be good, in fact, to make a sort of summary of the situation and uh, yes. looking specifically at the context in regard of what is happening in uh, in Israel, actually. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know that uh, during three months there was a counter-offensive. It has been a real disaster. Uh, the Ukrainian forces have been losing about uh, 90, 92,000 uh, uh, soldiers, uh, which is bringing the death toll to about uh, half a million right now, with uh, 250,000 people that have been wounded. Mm -hmm. And uh, Zelensky has been putting together a new recruitment uh, period, which is a, a real disaster too, because nobody wants to go on the front line in regard of their experience of what is happening within the cemetery. Uh, so basically, they try to uh, recruit the old people, they try to recruit the women. So despite... <clears throat> the major supports by uh, that the west have been putting together on this country uh it has been going absolutely nowhere they just got back something like 100 uh, kilometers square over 150,000 kilometers mm -hmm. square. so mm -hmm. you can imagine that it hasn't been going very uh, very far so uh to uh, i would like to focus a little bit on the economical context because this is extremely important to understand the way that this conflict is going to end. So basically, what we have been observing is that Russia has been turning over, uh, turning over to Asia, and has been bringing uh, most of the uh, most of the um, Middle East countries, in fact, to reach the BRICS. Mm -hmm. During the last uh, submit, we have been learning that uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran has been reaching, in fact, the BRICS. And this is due to the major work of the Chinese diplomacy that has been making those people understanding that it was better to do business than to fight against each other. So basically, those people have been deciding, in fact, to abandon the dollar. 
in terms of transaction to exchange uh, uh, raw materials like uh, oil, gas, uh, cereal, and so on. This has a major impact on the American economy because as uh, the Bretton Woods uh, uh, agreement was stipulating that you need to buy dollar before to run the transaction, Mm-hmm. Now this is over, and those guys are exchanging with their own currency. Right. So therefore, this is a major problem because the debt, the U.S. debt, is not supported anymore. Mm-hmm. So basically, this is putting a huge pressure on the American market and on the debt supply. Actually, I've been checking up the interest rate that is applying, and this is skyrocketing at a point that I am just wondering how. United States is going to be able to reimburse its debt with uh, this amount of debt and these type of rates uh, applying to the debt. So this is one of the specific reasons for which, in fact, the Congress might have been deciding to stop to support Ukraine. One, because there was absolutely no results on the operation point of view. Second of all, because of the uh, monetary uh, pressure that is exercised on the economy. And third, because <clears throat> due to the number of people that has been wiped out, now they have uh, the AFU, meaning the Ukrainian army, mm-hmm. has something like 100,000 fighters. So where this can go when you know that on the side of Russia, 200,000 people have been applying to military services. Mm-hmm. So therefore, this is bringing the army to 1.2 million people. How do you want to fight 1.2 million people with 100,000? There is absolutely no way. On top of it, the Russians have been putting three lines of defense that are extremely solid. And what we have been observing on the front line is that none of the offensive on the Ukrainian side has been successful. And systematically, because, you know, Ukraine is like a pancake. So basically, as soon as you make a move out out of a wood, everybody's going to know that you are out of it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there is no way you can escape artillery, drones attack. And actually, I want to underline something which is very important. During the month of August, I was uh, watching, in fact, some uh, some operations on the Russian side. And I observed that they have been destroying seven Bradleys at uh, $4.2 million a piece in less than one minute and 42 seconds. Mm-hmm. So basically, with three drones costing $25,000, they have been destroying $25 million assets. And I had discussion with different journalists that are based in Donbass. Uh, uh, they are very close to Donetsk, actually. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me that the Russian army is uh, reviewing its operational way uh, to run, uh, to run uh, the war because they observed that the tanks are absolutely not efficient. Yeah. They are just using them uh, for escorting the, the troops coming on the, the front when they have to do rotation. We, we saw that in Israel where they were dropping hand grenades from drones and destroying an Israeli tank. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you with, saw that actually. Yeah. So basically with something like a drone of 500 or $600 and mm-hmm. a grenade that might have been costing $50, they mm-hmm. have been destroying a tank that is costing $5 million. Yeah. So you can imagine that 
most of the uh, military strategists, they need to observe this situation and understand that the way to run operation right now has been completely changing. Mm -hmm. The drone story is a game changer on the battlefield. Yes. So uh, basically what I have been hearing is that the Congress has been freezing the budget for Ukraine, which is putting them in difficulties. Of course, they have been saying that they will be sending some Abrams tanks, that there are something like 31 or 32 coming in, F-16. What is going to be the game changer of this type of material? Absolutely none. Because, first of all, on the Ukrainian side, for the pilot, they have something like 23 pilots able to fly these kind of jets. But it's a very, very old jet. And it's not equipped on the electronic warfare point of view, in fact, to fight against the counter battery, uh, the, the, the batteries that uh, Russia has been putting together. So what is the point to send this kind of plane to be destroyed in less than 10 minutes? Abrams tank, it's a gigantic mistake. One reason. First of all, we are coming into the rain season. And with the Rasputitsa having a 72-ton uh, tanks, this is a nonsense because those guys are going to get stuck in the mud. Mm -hmm. Second of all, because of the supply of uh, gasoline, uh, if I remember well, this is running with uh, kerosene. Where are they going to get this on the front line? This is a big question. So basically, looking the overall picture on the military point of view, Ukraine is going nowhere. One, because its economy has been collapsing completely. They have been losing the Donbass that was supporting the economy, the, the Kiev economy, due to the mineral resources, the gas, the oil, and so on. They have been losing most of the agriculture uh, activities. The Polish and uh, most of the Eastern uh, European countries, they don't want to see the grains coming from Ukraine because this is uh, becoming a, a major competitors. And knowing, in fact, the cost of exploitation that those cases they have, it would be a major harder for the, the farmers in those countries. So basically, they have been blacking, blacking out, in fact, the, the coming of those grain. And actually, there is a big dispute between Poland that has been majorly active in Ukraine to support, in fact, the military operation. And due to this dispute, commercial dispute point of view, they have been deciding, in fact, to stop the supply of, uh, of uh, military material. But not only this, there is a very big fatigue in Europe on the economical point of view. Today, we are facing, uh, and in every country, an inflation on fresh product that is gigantic. Mm -hmm. Here in France, we are facing 27% on fresh product. We have 30% of the population that is not able, in fact, to eat every day. Yeah. So basically, this is becoming a huge internal political problem. Uh, the, uh, in Germany, you have the, uh, 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 the FDA that is, uh, this is like... Uh, IFD, yeah. IFD, IFD mm -hmm. uh, political party that is growing and uh, making opposition to Scholz that is in a very big difficulties because he has more and more problem to justify his positioning regarding the support of Ukraine mm -hmm. when his own economy has been totally collapsing. Uh, you have companies like uh, 
BASF that has been stopping its operation because they don't have enough gas, in fact, to run the, the, the end product. So <clears throat> what we're seeing here is uh, a problem of inflation, but not only we have a problem of gas supply. Uh, you know that the pipelines, the Nord Stream pipelines, we are bringing uh -huh. way more than necessary to run our operation. Now we are running 25% uh, supply below the normal level, which means that if we have a very tough winter, this is going to be a huge problem, in fact, to hit the people. We will have to choose between the industry or hitting the people. Yeah. This will become a political problem. Definitely. So uh, we are facing around, uh, right now a major shift on the media point of view as much on the political point of view due to what happens in Israel. Yeah. But it is kind of very particular to see that this event is happening at the moment Ukraine is getting dropped. And I explain. I do believe that something is very fishy for several reasons. The first one is that uh, the Biden administration need, in fact, to justify why they are dropping Ukraine. So basically, I think uh, a, a, sm a smoking screen mm -hmm. in front of the military operation running there as it is a real fiasco, this is a perfect timing for them. I agree. Yeah. What was very surprising also, and of course, it is permit. Uh, it's allowing, in fact, the public opinion, in fact, to focus on what's happening with Israel because this is a very sensitive topic, and therefore the people will not look at the economical problem that is going to hit all our economy extremely soon. But what is very surprising is that the most sensitive state in terms of security in the world, Israel pulling down their defense, pulling down their capacity of informational services to intercept a potential conflict and so on, is kind of very particular to me. Because in a context of 500 million Muslim uh, population surrounding them, putting down their defense and saying that they haven't been seeing the problem coming is kind of strange to me. Mm -hmm. uh, so, if we are looking at who would be beneficiating this, on the government point of view in Israel, they had a problem of, uh, uh, how to say, society split. Yes. You had like, the Democrats and the Republicans like. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of demonstrations against Netanyahu and the. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Due to the next shift of laws uh, applying to uh, their policy and so on. So basically, mm -hmm. there was a sort of a division within the population. Having such an event would help, in fact, to bring all the people together. But this is a double-sided sword, because population can say also that uh, this government was not able, in fact, to protect the population. Mm -hmm. So therefore, having such an event occurring that way uh, is kind of particular. And also, this is helping, in fact, the, uh, the, the government of Biden, in fact, to hide yeah, the real situation, you see? 
So basically, there might be some little stuff, in fact, to dig into. On top of it, what we have been learning, and I got the information from a top uh, information information agency people uh, in France. Mm -hmm. We know that that most of the weapon that has been used by Hamas was coming from Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And actually, I've been sending an email uh, four months ago to our uh, politicians and senators because I've been identifying that there was a website in the UK, certainly linked to the MI6, to recruit the people of ISIS and to go to fight in Ukraine with an incentive, uh, uh, with getting an incentive as a European passport. Wow. So basically, this is a major for me. So basically, what we had is ISIS people reaching the Azov neo-Nazi group to fight against the Russian. Mm -hmm. And those guys, they have been smuggling weapons to supply the Hamas in the way that they could run their operation, which is a very awkward situation right now. Because if you look at it, and I have been seeing some videos today that were absolutely astonishing. You had the ISIS fighter getting on the, on the Telegram channel complaining about the support of the Ukrainian government to Israel when themselves they are supporting the Hamas. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine, in fact, the, the, the division that might be running within, in fact, the, the forces of Ukraine right now. But it's making this government looking like schizophrenic. What we have been seeing in Canada uh, later on in the parliament yes. is that Zelensky, a Jewish guy, applauding Hunka, the Nazi that has been killing himself, more than 500 people. Yeah. How this can be happening? And three days after, there was a celebration of Babi Yad Massacre. And mm -hmm. this guy was applying, was attending to uh, this celebration. I want to uh, remind the people that are listening to us today that during the Second World War, uh, Sushkevich and, um, and Bandera has been organizing the murder of 33,000 Jewish in one day. And to save on bullets, they were sticking the heads of the people together. They were shooting them. And when one was not killed, they were finishing the guy with shovel. Yeah. So basically, you have the guy that is applauding the Nazi that has been killing the people within Babiyar and free days after this guy is going to the celebration of Babiyar. This is completely ridiculous. Babiyar so, is the site for our audience, the massacre site in Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, one of our minister, uh, Simone Veil, was underlining before she died, of course, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, in Ukraine, they have been discovering massive uh, graveyards in which there was stored about 1.4 million people that has been killed by those people. Well, most, most people don't realize, that, um, I think the majority of the Jews that were died in the Holocaust were in Ukraine, or a lot of them, anyway. Yeah, 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 1.4 million. Yeah. This is quite, uh, quite, uh, and you know that still now, there are some archaeologists that are discovering new graves every year. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing that on the communication point of view, every stunt 
that Zelensky would try to do right now is going nowhere because he has absolutely no credibility. You know, and we just for our audience, we have a, an article up on CDM.press right now. The um, Christia Freeland, obviously her grandfather, who's the finance minister of Canada, her grandfather was a, a legit card carrying Nazi and her real name is not Freeland and Freeland is yeah, likely, this is husband. It's, it's likely Freeland is likely a Nazi slogan from Ukraine, free the land. So mm -hmm. and, and she, uh, you know that uh, Victoria Nuland is in the same situation. Yes, I know. Yeah, she is originally uh, her grandfather was uh, Ukrainian and her mother was uh, Moldavian. And, and new, this guy new, Newland is likely the same thing. Her name is not Newland. It's yeah, yeah, it's, I know. Yeah, yeah. I have actually a very good picture that I will send you. Uh, where do you see uh, Victoria Newland's uh, grandmother speaking with Hitler? Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's go back to uh, the the operations on the on the front line right now. Mm -hmm. In the south, on the side of Kherson, of course, because of the Nieper that is crossing and the fact that uh, this uh, piece of lands are mostly swamps, uh, uh, military, uh, military operations on the ground are very difficult. So basically what we are observing is an exchange of uh, artillery. Mm -hmm. So therefore here in this place, the front line is completely frozen by, of course, the Nieper. Then we have, uh, let me see, uh, we have uh, the lines of uh, Rabotino, uh, Verbo, uh, Verbovoy, uh, in which, in fact, the, the Ukrainian army try, in fact, to, to pierce systematically, but as, in fact, the, the, I cannot call this a city, but a village has been completely wiped out, mm -hmm. there is no way they can hide. So, basically... Every day they try, in fact, to penetrate uh, inside the lands, but the uh, Russian artillery is uh, pushing them back, and this is ending into a mid grinder, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit up, uh, up uh, east, northeast, uh, you have the lines of uh, Ugridar uh, Novodonets, uh, Novodonetskoy, okay? Uh, the Ukrainian army has been able, in fact, to cross the Shaitanka uh, uh, River, but systematically they are pushed back and they are facing heavy losses. On the north east too, we have uh, Bakhmut uh, Adyevsky. Uh, the Russian has been uh, able, in fact, to go at the offensive and they are taking over several positions from the, the, uh, the Ukrainian army. And uh, we are observing the same uh, same case uh, in uh, Zvatovo and uh, Kupiansk. Mm -hmm. So what I do believe right now, because this is the beginning of the rain season and it has been raining heavily the last uh, few days, uh, the soil is completely swamped and making progression with uh, heavy materials, in fact, to go uh, to go on the offensive would be absolutely impossible. So what I do believe is that the Russians, they are going to run this type of operation to erode the, the rest of the Ukrainian army until the moment the soil is going to freeze. And at that moment, they will launch a major offensive, in fact, to take off on the Slavyansk Kramatorsk and free completely the Donbass. Mm. Now, in regard of the operation to get back Kherson, you know, uh, crossing the river on one bridge during the winter, I do believe that this is kind of a stunt to do so. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I do believe that the story of uh, Mikolaev and uh, Odessa will be uh, released uh, end of the, the next spring. So basically, if we want to see this conflict coming to an end, that would be end of the next spring or end of the next summer, not mm-hmm. before. Voilà. Okay. This is what I think about. So... Uh... Ukraine will likely end, uh, but do you think the U.S. will get involved in the Middle East militarily? Well, I have been sending a very specific email to General Valeli about that. Mm-hmm. The, a lot of people think that we are going to face the same type of operation that we are seeing in Ukraine, which is completely mm-hmm. ridiculous because, come on, the Gaza Strip, is what 40 kilometers long over six. Yeah. This is exactly the distance between uh, Bakhmut and uh, Kramatorsk with a lines of uh, six kilometers large. So basically, this is a very little piece of land. Mm-hmm. If you're launching uh, an operation like uh, attrition war, uh, you would destroy the, the full region with 10,000 uh, shares of uh, 155 millimeters. So basically, this is not going to happen because you know, the public opinion might be shifting if there are too many victims on the civil point of view. And so basically what we are going to observe is a sort of guerrilla operation to free neighborhood by neighborhood and to free the stage. Mm-hmm. There will be a lot of casualties, that is for sure. But at the point that we will see what is happening in Ukraine, I do not believe a second. Mm-hmm. Now... What I see is that the uh, Tsakhal army uh, had a major operational problem, and this is the reason why they got hit so hard. Uh, is the U.S. coming on the ground, in fact, to help in freeing the different stage? I don't know. Well, I was thinking more about a more regional conflict, like with Iran or Hezbollah or something like that. Well, uh, let me come to this point. Okay. Uh, Hamas is uh, not supporting, uh, not supported straightforward by uh, Iran. They are supported by Qatar. Mm-hmm. Most of the leaders of Hamas, they are living in Qatar. Of course, the Hezbollah might be taking the situation on an emotional point of view and come to the point to help, in fact, the Hamas. But let's look at the things on the economical point of view right now. What happens within the BRICS? Don't forget this. It's major and it's very important. Iran, Iraq, and Arabia Saudi are now talking to each other in the way that they will do business. Mm-hmm. If the Hezbollah is uh, getting involved within the conflict, Iran would be uh, pointed as responsible for this. Yes. So therefore, if Israel decide to attack Iran, China and Russia would uh, not be very happy about that. And this is the reason why right now the Russian diplomacy is extremely active and asking for most of the actors, in fact, to go to Moscow to discuss, in fact, how to solve this conflict. Yeah. Therefore, I do believe 
that Iran will not, despite the communication point of view, because for internal policy uh, purpose, they will say whatsoever you can imagine as yeah. a stunt, you know. But on an operational point of view, I do not believe that they will get involved because they have more to lose than to win. And on top of it, their godfather, meaning China and Russia, will not allow this because the Chinese, they don't want to see the Middle East going in a full turmoil because this would be very bad for the Belt and Road Initiative yeah, Corridor yeah. South. Okay, So this is a major point. Therefore, I do believe that Israel has no interest in going to hit Iran because if this is happening, this would be a total bardak. First of all, because instability in the region will bring, in fact, the, uh, the barrel uh, of oil to bring uh, to to jump to one fifty dollar, and actually, as the economical situation is extremely fragile, if we bring the barrel over hundred dollar. This is going to be the trigger for collapsing every economy and every stock market in the world. Now, yeah. isn't it what uh, what would be uh, wanted by the WEF? That might be the case. Yeah. Because don't forget what the states have been saying during the last Davos uh, summit. They want to introduce electronic currency. Yeah. And this would be the perfect timing to do so because this, with a parity completely uh, uh, unbalanced between the real currency and the electronic currency, they would be able, in fact, to divide the debt of US and Europe by two or three. But this is not very much a problem. What is the problem is what they will put in the code, in fact, to control the consumptions of every consumer. And what I have been hearing within the different conferences in the WEF is that they want to do that. Actually, I don't know if you have been hearing uh, the last conference uh, with uh, uh, with uh, Colonel McGregor uh, at the submit with uh, Ron Paul. He was saying that this would be, uh, that would be, uh, how do you say, Cassius Belli within, in fact, the country. Mm -hmm. uh, because this wouldn't be acceptable uh, for the consumer to be controlled that way. Understand. So you see, there is this. Uh, we are right now on the tipping point, where any wrong decision would bring a level of chaos that is going to be extremely scary. Yes, I think we're there already. I mean, I think this was all planned, and uh, I think you're right. So, Barry, that's a fantastic update. Anything else you want to tell our audience? Well, I think we have been brushing uh, every uh, every aspect of the topics. Mm -hmm. If there are some more information that uh, that would be uh, valuable for your uh, for your audience, uh, I would let you know, and uh, we will talk again. Okay, we will do it soon. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Todd. Have a good day. You too. Cheers.